We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 146 of the Beyond 90 Pod, Australia's longest running women's football podcast. The dub has finished, but there's still plenty to talk about from the wonderful world of women's football. And joining myself, Eric Subihano, uh, on a Monday night, as we record for you once again, it's Magella Card of Matilda's Active Support fame and Dale Roots of, how can I put this, obscure references on this pod fame? Would you take that? Will that do, Dale? In- infamy is probably more, infamy, yes. uh, more correct, but yeah, that, you know, yes. we're all here. The gang's all here, so to speak. Yes, and might as well start with you, Dale, because wasn't uh, your weekend wasn't football related, wasn't even women's sport related, but still, I think it's worth discussing because you had a great time in Brisbane. I did have a great time. I went up to the Olympic City, Brisbane, uh, for NRL Magic Round um, at the, the at lesser- the World Cup Stadium. Mm-hmm. At the World Cup, at the nondescript <laughs> Brisbane Stadium, Brisbane Stadium. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, I sampled some of the local fare in and around um, oh. Rue de Caxton, um, and precinct. yeah, had a great old time. It was great fun. Um, it was all well and good until about four o'clock on Sunday when it decided to rain so much that uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely abhorrent weather. Um, <laughs> But yeah, a, a special shout out to uh, the airline that was providing us the services to get there and back, uh, who decided to not get us back. And thus we had to go with another provider. But, you know, it is what it is. I had a great time. Yes. Oh, he's just stressing me out about the World Cup more than... I try not to think about it. The, <laughs> yeah. Sydney was only running on one airport. Uh, on one airport. It only, <laughs> always only runs on one airport. It was running on one runway. Uh, and look, the, the flight into Sydney was definitely hairy um but you know we made it home in one piece yeah yeah so uh well might as well stick with you uh madge because he was in your home city but uh, how's the week how's the week been for you yeah good not 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 up to much uh this past week got out to an mpl game uh you know watched a, a little bit on the telly and that was about it really in my week of football yeah and as for me uh yeah so uh Damn, I just realized I should probably mention this on the pod. But um, yeah, last Wednesday, I watched uh, my first ever Sapphire Cup game. And it wasn't just any Sapphire Cup game. It was one involving the Flying Bats. Of course, a long-time well-known LGBTQIA plus uh, friendly women's-only club in Sydney. And not just that, the MacArthur Mater herself, Samantha Lewis, was playing. So I got to tick that off. I'd say it certainly is a religious experience getting to watch Sam do her stuff on the football field and her technique is just as good as her article writing, if you can believe that. Uh, fortunately, the Flying Bats lost 3-0 to Albion Park White Eagles, but that's the way it goes. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it, nice. As as Dale and I have lamented many previous times on this podcast, uh, Football New South Wales finally has um, its own uh, women's uh, knockout tournament about time. So... Yes, enough, but enough of my lamenting about that. On to uh, highlighting a chosen Matilda. So we're up to cap 146. Very well known to a lot of you. Amy Chapman, uh, as well accomplished on the field as off it. Uh, Matilda's debut in 2007 and played for the national team until 2013. Her grassroots club, uh, the wonderfully named Aubrey Hotspurs, 
She's got 20 caps for four goals. Uh, Amy was a forward. She played uh, also at the FIFA Under-20 Women's World Championship in Russia, has overseas experience with the um, Los Angeles Strikers, very appropriate name for her, and then plenty of dub experience, a season with uh, Cambria United in the inaugural season, 08-09, and then let me count that on the fly. Is that eight seasons with Brisbane, more or less? Uh, one, two premierships with Brisbane and a championship in 2012-13. So I think we've got to start with Madge as our resident Queenslander. Just uh, your thoughts on Amy, and then we'll prob- we could probably talk about what she's done since she uh, stopped playing as well. Yeah, I think uh, probably my my biggest thought about Amy is uh, she was quite instrumental in in helping inspire getting the Raw Corps um, off the ground. Uh, one of the the founding members of the Raw Corps living across the road from her, and so got to know her and starting of, and being a huge football fan, started sort of talking about you know lamenting um you know the the lack of sub- noisy support and stuff at games and then all of a sudden people are put in contact with Mel Andrietta and 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 off we go so yeah Amy was absolutely a driving force behind um inspiring uh getting getting us group of fans together and and yeah and just you know a fabulous player as well off the field um working with the PFA yeah. Uh, and she's had roles with them, you know, football Queensland as well. So in and around the game, of course, in addition to her wonderful commentary, which I think we've been missing um, following the birth of her baby. I'm, I'm hoping that she gets back on the on the commentary again soon. I always really enjoy her insights, uh, listening to her commentating on the game as well. So, yeah, fabulous player and um, and fabulous human being being as well. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Dale, have anything to add about Amy? No, I'd, I'd I'd agree with all that. I mean, the, the, Chappie only played for one season for Canberra. She was she was pretty influential in that first season um, with United. Obviously, went down to to Brisbane in the grand final. But then, I mean, she was really a a, a fixture of the early years of the W League. Um, and yeah, she was. I mean, she was probably one of those many many players that probably could have got another you know twenty or thirty caps in another time in in the decade that followed or. Uh, preceded her her stint with the national team, but yeah, um, I mean, she's her commentary was always fantastic when she was commentating uh, mainly with Fox, and then um, obviously she's been she's been heavily involved with with football in Queensland. So yeah, definitely a, a, one of the good eggs in and around the dub. Yes, and yeah, like her uh, LinkedIn page certainly a long list of achievements, a fascinating one. I know you actually took a bit of time before we started recording to look into this more. Um, uh, the, the first one of the first things in her LinkedIn page TM neurosurgery at striker you were close Dale it means territory manager so yeah so and uh yeah so striker being a medical device specialist in neurosurgery maxillofacial ENT and plastic specialties I don't know what any of that means those None are all made up words good yeah <laughs> I understand I know what plastics are and the rest ENT they were the big trees in Lord of the Rings that could talk <laughs> Uh, so she's in charge of those, um, which is very good in infrastructure projects because they can just move things. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like that. That that's above all of our pay grades, I think. But certainly, good to see Amy is um, making big contributions in the world of football and outside of the world of football. So on to the hot topics. Uh, so I suppose it's the usual. Um, how can I put this? Gripes about men 
and how they treat women's football in general. Is that that that'll do? Can we have that as the title of the podcast, please? <laughs> What's Just, it's the usual gripes about men. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Title title done. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to edit the podcast title right now, so this, this won't make for good audio. So apologies, um, for those of you. For those of you listening, but yes, I am typing it because you know, um, as I'm getting on in age and my memory is absolutely <laughs> terrible. So it, usual gripes is, about men. The the, the point that you are making around thank you for that. The point that will come up in this is just something that is a continual point of bone of contention for, for women's football fans. You know, yeah. we've covered this a hundred thousand times, we... unfortunately have and yeah so we'll link at the pod notes to two articles two brilliant journalists uh one written by Susie rack one written by the macarthur Mata. but i mean the theme of it is basically i'm thinking of uh that meme where the guy shoots someone and it says who could do who could do such a thing <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. women's football is undervalued who is responsible for this i don't know fifa who who can say yeah I was going to go with the man putting the spoke, the stick in the spoke oh, yes. of his own bicycle, <laughs> and the man is FIFA, and the stick is undervaluing, <laughs> undervaluing women's sport, and then FIFA falls off the bike and says, uh, "Damn broadcasters." <laughs> <laughs> so if if you're like me and you learn about. Um, important news through memes, uh, I hope this has been very useful to you. But we have, mm. we have the, we have. We'll link to the articles for those of you who, who learn in, a, shall we say, a more conventional cultured, sense. cultured, <laughs> cultured. Um, I do like that we have taken the the visual uh, aspects of memes and transported them into an audio file. Yes. Thank you and well done. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, just a brief summary. I'll uh, check out the Sam, like, looking at the Sam Lewis article. Yeah, Johnny Infantino, he of the today I feel disabled and many other things. Fame, infamy, sorry, Dale. He's um just yet yeah, very yeah, criticizing broadcasters for what he perceives to be lowballing FIFA with regards to TV rights for the upcoming Women's World Cup. Now, the it's possible that there will be a blackout in some of the biggest markets, and I think most of them are in Europe, which is absolutely, absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe this could happen. Yes. I mean, but I mean this is this is yeah, the the whole thing is that 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 they unbundled the rights right hmm. yes so yeah what do you want from me <laughs> you know like fifa what are you doing there's not like in this economy how much it's one broadcasting right how much can it cost ten dollars i don't know like i don't understand what fifa thought was going to happen yeah yeah and if, Sorry, i mean i, 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 I think i think they thought they were just going to get lots more money without having to do anything different I so I, it's, yeah yeah okay, so it's, like, that's it. yes it, it, the value of the product they should have reduced the value of the men's rights sold mm. by themselves and then value the women's but yeah um well, yeah I, I, I know I also I mean I even though I really dislike FIFA I do also want to wave my fist at the European broadcasters as well. Mm, uh, it's right. like, you know, yes. just everyone. I'm waving my fists at mm. everyone. Yes. Um, like no one looks good in this situation. And I also, yeah, it does. It. I hate it, but I know it also doesn't help that being on this side of the world, it happened, I remember it happened with the Sydney Olympics, the big television markets always just kick up a stink. 
and yeah. do not like our side of the world. But and I think it may have been Sam's article mm-hmm. um, that that talked about well. Why isn't FIFA leaning into Asia? There's a huge population here. They should absolutely mm-hmm. um, yes. be focusing on getting great value from primetime market on this side of the world as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, yes. there's a lot wrong with it. It's that the whole devaluing the product is something that's there's always been a bug, bugbear with me about double headers mm-hmm. um, in that, mm-hmm. you know, when we keep, people continuously just say, oh, just make it a double header, sell it with the men's team. It's like, but when you, you, when you're trying to introduce a product to start with, that's fine. That's okay. Mm. But when we keep on year after year after year saying that that's the answer, it's not the answer. We want to be able to start commercializing and, and building the value of, of this product as a standalone item. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's got to happen. It's, but this, yeah, the brinksmanship is, uh, is, yeah, feels, it, it is disingenuous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, not wanting to let off the hook the other side of the equation either. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad Madge remembered that we should also, you know, turn our ire towards the broadcasting companies, plenty of men for us to wave our fists at in anger. Um, But also, I like Dale's point, as I might try and chuck in another meme, although I don't know if this is technically a meme, in in regards to what uh, FIFA thought would happen uh, when they did this. So it's basically one, unbundle the Women's World Cup, two, a bunch of question marks, three, profit. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's that's. The I was going with SpongeBob uh, when Mr. When Mr. Crab got uh, gets asked what inspired you to do this, and he just says money. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. I'm just having a look at the time zone converter, and actually, the times like they're they're not even that bad. They're just like early yeah. morning most most of the games in Europe. I think even I think the US market might have some of the worst. The US market has the word, definitely. I looked it up. It's two o'clock. I think uh, five or six o'clock kickoff is two o'clock in the morning for for LA. Um, And, but yeah, as you say, I mean, like most of the games here would be kind of pre work or early morning, like morning games for for like Central Europe, um, which is obviously the, the, the place that the most consternation is about with this. Cause I think that the, I think with the UK, it'll go to, they'll just be on the BBC. Because I think they have to be, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, as we saw uh, with yeah, as you're saying with with the uh, with the Olympics when even when we had the Olympics here, like they had the had the women's games as double headers, and then like people really like when they weren't double headers, people didn't turn up as much as they probably should have. But this is completely different. This is yeah, there's there's a there's a dollar figure behind this, and FIFA obviously shot himself in the foot about it. Yes, and then uh, I'm going to stay calm about yeah, like uh, Sam's point in her article brought out by Madge about ah, oh, they so they've just ignored Asia mm. as, as and the potential of Asia. They've ignored us again. Yep. Cheers. Okay. So yep, the yep as I said, the link uh, I've linked to two articles where um, two brilliant individuals individuals will discuss the issue seriously and without mentioning any memes whatsoever. But uh, more positive news, uh, documentaries. Oh, sorry, are we going to say something, Maz? Uh, I was I was just going to jump back. The just more annoyance. Let's let's. There's yeah, yeah. there's not heaps of football for us to talk about, so we can just 
moan. Let the fur um, fly. May as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the other thing about it is I, with the brinksmanship of the, you know, threatening to black out some of those major countries, it just annoys me that it has to be our world cup that this happens with. Mm. And and like I don't know what the outcome would be if if that does happen. I don't think it will. I, I but if it does, it'd be interesting to see what the workaround's going to be. Is, is FIFA going to offer a individual paid subscription service that people can sign up to? Like what because if it is just a straight blackout, other than fans in those countries rising up and going after their broadcasters. I mean, who's, who's, how, how is women's football going to win mm. in this situation? Yeah. What's that's the a good point because what's, like brinkmanship, brinkmanship is usually that both team, but that both sides of the argument have something to lose in order to gain something. So like, if you think of a worker strike, obviously the workers are withdrawing their labor to gain, you know, whether that's pay or whether it's rights or whatever, but they also lose pay because they're not being paid while they strike. But with this, it's like the broadcasters can just be like, no. And what are FIFA going to do? They're just going to be like, oh, oh, well, okay. Thanks. Anyway, like what yeah. are they going to be able to do? Like geo block, put it on YouTube, put it on FIFA plus that there will be demand for it. I'm not saying that, you know, like 65 million French people are going to walk down the street to W9 TV and, and throw bricks. I mean, that already happens. So I, don't think that, I don't think that already, <laughs> I don't think we're kind of pushing too far in the envelope to, to say that that wouldn't happen. But like, as I said, I mean, what are the, what are their TV exactly going to do? They're just going to be like, okay, cool. So we just don't show the women's world cup. Yep. And, but then is there like a penalty down the track? If FIFA say, Absolutely. Okay, well, you can't have the rights to 2026, which is going to be an even bigger tournament. Yep. Okay. Well, then somebody else will have, and that, that I think is where the that I think is where the FIFA's leverage would be is that they would say, well, then you can't have, we'll not have rights for you in this. But they they're getting the problem is that they're getting bids. The bids just aren't high enough. Like they're getting bids, but it, that that's exactly the point that you make, Madge. It's like the the brinkmanship is is really only one-sided. It's FIFA going, no, this isn't high enough. And then the TV execs will go, okay, cool. What else do you want us to do? And women's um, and women lose. Women's football yeah. is the one that loses, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm. We can go on to the more happy news now. <laughs> we've, oh. packed that, we've packed that into a little box and we've thrown it in the <laughs> sea. Yes. We just, can never talk about it again. Yes, yeah. I, um, I look forward to next week when something else comes up about the TV rights that we get 15 minutes to moan out of. Yes, yes. <laughs> can, can, can they sort it out so Ireland get something at least? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yes. Documentaries. That That's happy stuff. And uh, I wish I'd looked at this link before starting. It's, I, I, so the way uh, behind the curtain, um, I see something. I drop it in the Beyond 90 Slack to put in the pod notes and then I forget what I've done. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning just as you are listeners. So it, it, it is, once again, it is like um, listening to my commentary on NPL.TV. Hey, pay but... no attention to that man behind the microphone. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, but this is us. It's on the hot and heels of the very popular Matilda's documentary. I think that was on Disney plus this is us 
Um, I'll link to something done by screenaustralia.gov.au, a 30-minute documentary, the story of Australian women's football transformational journey from striking for equal pay to co-hosting the Women's World Cup. Um, Tegan Micahs, uh, uh, part of the feature image, uh, and this is uh, Screen Australia. I've uh, announced a bunch of documentaries. This Is Us is only one of them. But yeah, it's, uh, that, that sounds promising. And I think Maggie had a good point. It's, it's taking a different approach, possibly, to the Disney Plus one. Yeah, I, I think it sounds like it's it's from the little blurb there that, yeah, taking a, a, a broader, what it seems like a bit more of a societal societal look as, as to what's happened with women's football in the country, um, whereas, you know, the Disney one, really great, just but, but it was very much just following the team from a point in time to another um, and more going in depth with the player profiles, whereas, yeah, this one, it does sound like it's got a slightly different angle, which, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what the outcomes are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, ah, yes. The important details: how you could actually watch it. I almost forgot that. Set to stream on FIFA Plus and FIFA's YouTube channels. So yeah, thirty minutes, pretty decent size, pretty consumable. We could possibly sneak that in in a lunch break uh, if you are so inclined. So yeah, looking forward to that one. And then speaking of documentaries, uh, HBO have announced something on Angel City, who you know, um, <clears throat> being in very very impressive, pretty much whatever I see about the club. But the HBO tweet says, just says, write your own playbook. And there's yeah, a three-part docuseries on Angel City starting May 16th on HBO Max. So uh, good to see uh, this coverage of women's football outside of the actual games that they're kind of, you know, getting the stories off the field and, you know, behind the scenes and the personalities. And of course, Angel City have like a million famous <laughs> owners that have just yeah. really made this happen, which I presume makes this documentary if there's, more. If there's one team that's going to get a HBO documentary, it's definitely Angel City. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like there's too many famous people. They can't do like a welcome to Rexham's of equivalent. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of like two people where it's like, there's too many. Like They need they need like, a you know, four episodes of the start of the series to introduce all of their own in yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, but um actually I really hope there's um there's been a video of uh I think it's Claire Emsley walking over to take uh, a practice corner while Natalie Portman was there um doing an interview. I really hope it was an interview for the documentary on the sideline and Claire <laughs> yes, Emsley. Yes. Like, oh, they're, they're the way, I need to take my practice corner. It's like, oh, it's like just seeing you know, the owner <laughs> of the club. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, if well, if that's the only kind of owner interference uh, Angel City have, then they're doing well. If, <laughs> for those of you that are aware of, well, just men's football in general. Ah, <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. So I like Cheryl. Um, I know uh, we tend to be uh, Euro and Aussie centric on this podcast. So uh, thanks to Cheryl for finding this one. Concacaf will launch their first regional women's club competition in 2024. So. Uh, that uh, meant to be the sole pathway to FIFA's planned uh, Women's Club World Cup competition. Although you know, we all you know what we think about FIFA and plans. So yeah, so hopefully, of course, um, you'd imagine NWSL club reps would be the favourites. But I mean, well, having said that, like Mexico would give that a good shout. They got they got a very strong league over there, and uh, yeah, it would would be interesting, you know, to see uh, uh, 
would it be an American team to win or a Mexican team or could someone else perhaps bring, bring a surprise? But yeah, that's just a quick article there for your... Um... In a few years' time, Canada's getting their league yep. going yep. soon. Yes. Um, not yet, but yeah. So hopefully that'll grow into something exciting. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And also if you are, if you're not aware, uh, Mexico, big fans of football um, yes. and some of the crowds at Ooh. the Mexican club, women's clubs go club games are quite impressive so it wouldn't shock me if they uh like host a game at the azteca or at mm. um study guadalajara yeah. or you know there's a yeah there's a there's a real appetite for football in mexico they've had like yeah. 30 and forty thousand people at games um, <laughs> which is quite incredible yeah and um yeah it's just i mean i as a lot of people i do consume a lot of football through social media clips but uh mexican uh, the mexican broadcast seem to have a lot of uh, women doing the commentary as well which is yeah they've really embraced that which um uh, a lot of other um uh broadcasters and you know company mm. bodies could really do with that perhaps even the one that pays me to do commentary maybe but potentially you can say who can say <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right though it's good i mean you know say what you want about the the kind of non-traditional role of women in sports commentary but yeah mexico and uh other hispanic well other spanish-speaking countries have have definitely taken that lead which is great yeah so on to well as they say the dub was finished but there's some dub news for next season which is that um yeah news from wellington phoenix natalie lawrence has not chosen to apply what i think what's their wording apply for reappointment so has chosen not to um apply to be the a-league women head coach for the phoenix in 23 24 so uh she's moving on to other jobs i think dale was saying off mic she's got some kind of opposition scouting role with new zealand football and the, the opponents of the yeah for the, for the women's world cup, world cup. Yeah. uh so mm. she may be then pouring over the current southeast asian games and uh looking at how the philippines uh do things but so they have moved quickly to announce a new coach and he's Paul Temple, uh, just looking at LinkedIn. So he, I'm assuming, uh, grew up in England because that's where Paul got his A license, but he's been in New Zealand for quite a while. There's uh, like graduate certificates from Auckland University of Technology. So what the men's under 17 New Zealand national team then involved men's under 20s, men's under 23s. And then as while also being uh, Wellington's Ac Academy technical director. And now he's, uh, the Phoenix dub coach for 23-24. So a big big job for you, Paul, because uh, I assume you're going to be the one uh, entrusted with, um, you know, ensuring the continued growth and development of Mackenzie Barry. So I will be, <laughs> I will be keeping a very close eye on Paul Temple's body of work. Yeah. Uh, look, um, well, I mean, the body is a temple, so that is, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this all goes. Um, I'll be looking forward to watching the temple run, so to speak. Uh, you no, know. I was wondering if you want to do that one, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just, let's uh, you know. Good luck to him. Is all I have to say. I mean, he can't do uh, can't do much, much, uh, much wrong. I mean, like Wellington have definitely of all of the teams in the league. I think they definitely have the most goodwill behind them. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, you can't score goodwill on the yeah. league table at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got a promising group of players. Um, it's just a matter of kind of stitching all of those, uh, stitching all of those pieces of fabric together to make the quilt, I guess. Yeah. Hey, so, and 
it must be said, um, this is the complete opposite of Wellington's inaugural season because, I mean, making this move oh, after the previous yeah. season finishes, that's a good start. That makes me, oh, um, you know, quietly optimistic. They have gone from two coaches to one coach to zero coach. So they are now on a kind of logarithmic rebound. So by the end of next season, we could have like five coaches and then we just continue up. So. Ah, some so... kind of like, you know, a virulent growth of a number of coaches. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. They they also don't have a men's A League men's coach at the moment because of Fuktale left. So mm. um lots going on over the ditch uh, in terms of coaching. Just just a slight downside is that um I think that means there's only one female head coach. Yeah, that's right. Um in the dub at the moment in Cat Smith. Uh, at Western Sydney. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. Did we start with four this season? Three. Ash was... Wilson. Ash Wilson, Kat Smith, Ash, Nat Lawrence. Kat... Nat Lawrence. Yeah, so four. And Kat Smith. Wait, who was the fourth? One? Ash Lawrence. Oh, sorry. Ash what? Wilson. Nat Lawrence, Kat Smith. Nat Lawrence, Kat Smith. Yeah, that must have been all of them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so three. So we've yeah. gone from three to three to one, which is yeah. you know not great, but obviously the other the other teams haven't made any announcement in terms of Sorry. in terms of coaching. I will know we know Sydney won't be having a women's coach because you're signed another deal. So mm. uh, yeah, not great, but you know can only go up from here. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yes. On to the next part of the pod notes. Let's see. Ah, oh, yes. So um, yeah. As usual, any um, because I never have the time to watch uh, foreign uh, football outside Australia these days. Probably shouldn't admit that, but whatever. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of relying on Magendale for their takes. But um, the main from scrolling social media, the main view I got uh, out of the uh, football being played in Europe uh, over the weekend was uh, just fear about injuries to Matildas. It's yeah, it's that close to the World Cup, isn't it now? just existential dread yes. every game it's like just these these last few months they or sorry these next few months for you guys it's going to be like what it's like living in my head all the time mm. uh so don't enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> um yeah i mean we are like we are so close we're only there's only one more game left in europe in terms of the uwcl mm-hmm um, there's only the Women's Cup final in the UK. Yep. There's only sold like two or three way. more rounds. Sold yeah, out. sold out. Yeah, which is incredible. Um, and yeah, we're like four games away from from safety, for want of a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of start getting the players into camps, I guess. Um, yeah, but it's it's terrifying. It's like actively terrifying. Yeah, hoping that um Sam Kerr's was I think. Emma Hayes came out and just said it was cramp, not actually an ankle injury. Don't know. Hope so. Um, Steve Catley, not so sure about. Mm. I think that one is always a little bit horrible. And, and yeah, we, I don't know what's going on with Claire Polkinghorn in Sweden unless someone mm. else has the Look, info that she hasn't been on the team sheet for a bit. Because mm. the, the, the thing with Kerr, as you're saying, is that, like, she had she came off after 32 minutes just having a look at uh mike's article on the guardian uh came after as you're saying after cramp 
which is after half an hour is super weird, but supposedly Emma Hayes came out and said that she had been, uh, she'd been unwell. So firstly, Sam probably needs a bit more pickle juice. Um, that is often the answer to these things, but it seems super strange to have such a, like an overuse injury only, uh, only after half an hour, but you know, she'd also been, obviously she had all the stuff with the coronation. So, um, carrying, you know, the whole service, I feel, was the best part of the service, definitely. Um, she's not my queen of the week, but here's her shout-out. Sam Kerr, there you go. Yeah. I'm glad that she will be glad that she got her shout-out on this podcast. I mean, yes. I know she's an avid yeah. listener. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think I, I, I know that she seems like a player who, like, thrives on on the workload and, and thrives mm. on playing, but, yeah, she still has been playing a lot of football. I mean, add in the coronation, even though it's a, you know, great honor that you know it was it's great that that a woman's football player was selected for it even though i'd be quite happy to be a republic tomorrow but here we are um it's still great to see um the profile of the game be recognized in that way but it is just another thing for her added on her plate right now in a very very busy time it's um and then big games still coming up for chelsea um so Mm -hmm. um yeah they're fighting you know, to win win the league and and the cup final as well. So, yes, big fingers crossed that uh, she stays um, healthy and fit and get a, a little bit of a rest and relaxation then before um, ramping up to the World Cup. Yeah. Mm. So as we look at uh, the league table, so Manchester United leading the league, 50 points, two games left. Chelsea have uh, four games left and four are on 46 points, so I'll save you the maths. Chelsea win all their remaining games. They will win like their what feels like their millionth league title in a row, but any kind of drop points open the door for Manchester United because they will have, have, I think, have superior goal difference. Then Manchester City, um, six points off Manchester United, two games left, 44 points. Then Arsenal, um, uh, four games remaining on uh, three points off that uh, valuable number third Champions League spot and uh, nine points off the top. So, yeah, that those games in hand are uh, it's, it's uh, going to be interesting. And like, what one really good team is going to miss out in the Champions League, which is going yeah. to hurt. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, Man City will go into the Champions League uh, draw into the qualifying draw where they will most likely once again be beaten by men by uh, Real Madrid yes. and knocked out of the main draw. So. Yes. Hopefully, it's them that miss out because that's a kind of we've played that storyline out of twice yeah, and, now. So and it, I think and, we're past it. Yes, and uh, yeah, and um, yeah. I, if that would happen, I hope the winning goal is once again scored by Caroline Weir. Yes, yes. <laughs> we love the we love the heel turn in the <laughs> WWE that is yes. the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. Oh, looking at the bottom, so our rating have dropped uh, at the foot of the table after Leicester's recent uh, uptick of form. So. And yeah, Leicester have the game in hand. So um, there are three games left. Leicester on 13 points for Leicester. Well, Reading have two games left. They're on 11 points. And Tottenham, two games left on 14 points, not out of the woods just yet. But um, yeah. yeah, I think I've mentioned another thing I mentioned to Dale off mic Leicester could survive scoring 13 goals in a 20 Yeah. Season. I was going to say their top scorer is on two at the moment, um, yes. which is inspiring. Inspiring. That, that, that means these like... really do get degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> and um, well, so they 
so we're still at a chance of Remy Simpson Lester Golden Boot. Do you only need she's on we, one? We are. We, <laughs> we only need three goals. We're nearly there. Yes. Um. Uh. uh that reminds me of the the dub team that had not a very good season, and then the Golden Boot had two. But I mean, yeah. if I'm if I'm mentioning this but dancing around it, I think people can guess which club it was. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just briefly, what um. Takes my interest. France, a uh, standard 3-0 away win for Ellie Carpenter's Leon. Um, the, what you might call the Derby d'Italia Femminile, uh, Juventus 2, Internazionale 2. Um, a loss for Anima Graf's SV Meppen. Um, ah, yes, Nordic stuff. Oh, yes, because thanks to Madge for um, picking up on this and um, keeping track of the Matildas Abroad articles. But um, uh, in Sweden, Vitsa that have Claire Polking on Katrina Gore and Charlie Grant, they've been busy two games in the last week and two 1 0 victories. So for the midweek one, the 1 0 away win over Vecco, uh, none of the Aussies played, but uh, on the weekend win, 1 0 at home to Uppsala, Charlie Grant played the first half and set up the winning goal. And Katrina Gore played the first hour, first, sorry, Katrina Gore played the first hour, but we still have not seen Claire Polking on. And Kari Kuni Cross playing on Swedish league leaders Hammarby and just a standard 8 0 home win over the bottom team. Kalma, that's um, who else? Unfortunately, we're still waiting for Tegan Micah to be available for Rosengard, but and Chelsea Dorb is getting decent minutes for Norshipping, so that's all right. And then in uh, Denmark, okay, so I guess in the promotion relegation playoffs another win for agf and another full game for matilda mcnamara ali green started and played about an hour which has been the pattern but agf defeating all ball by three goals to two so they're at this stage looking good to earn um what elite division and or kvinda league this league has two names but yeah uh spot for the 23 24 season and uh, let's see what else is there ah uh uh, it's time for me to stop talking. Madge, you watched NPL Queensland football, so <laughs> go on. Uh, yeah, I made it out to uh, Lions, took on Pen Power, and we were treated to a really lovely Tegan riding hat trick. Mm-hmm. So she's racking up all of those goals post the 200 uh, milestone that she uh, passed a, a couple of weeks ago. So Really nice half volley one as well. I think her second goal. So yeah, really good game. And Jamila Rankin has actually mm, yes. uh, joined Lions. Um, mm. That was the first game that she played. I, I I got into the game a little bit late, but the first thing I saw was Jamila Rankin's mm. slide tackling. Ah yes, uh, in, inside Excellent. the box. Yes. Um, trademark move. Um, love to see it. So. Um, yeah, good game. I think it, and Pen Power. I mean, they looked okay, but yeah, Lions just too much class. Um, other games in the round: Mitchelton defeated Capalabar two one. Um, Brisbane Olympic defeated QAS one nil. South United um, actually maybe a bit of an upset with um, South United defeating Gold Coast United two one. And Eastern Suburbs continuing their good form with a 2-1 win over the Sunshine Coast uh, Wanderers. Yeah. Uh, so just briefly going through ACT. Also, the Federation Cup uh, final will be between Belconnen and Gungahlin United. So Belconnen defeated Canberra United Academy in the semis. Gungahlin defeated Canberra Olympic. And then uh, so there was, unfortunately, an it's disrupted times for capital football and abandonment and a postponement 
in the weekend's league action. But then Gungalan come came back from two goals down to draw two all with Canberra Croatia, doubles for Brittany Palombi and Erica Pennyfield, and then Canberra Olympic uh 3-0 away win over Canberra United Academy on what I presume would be the Hawker synthetic field. And ah oh, yes, I I mean we covered it, we covered this previously, I think, but good to see Maddie Whittles back playing. She got the goals, she was on amongst the goals, as was Michaela Thornton and Nicole Jalocker. Uh Dale, did you have any particular takes from NPL New South Wales? You know what I love in football? Goals. Yes. Lots of goals. Yes. Uh, MacArthur 2, Arpia 3 at Linwood Park. Jets, Emerging Jets 3, Northwestern Spirit, uh, Northwest Sydney Spirit 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were two nil all draws. Yes. The goals <laughs> giveth and the goals taketh away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, still kind of, I don't think we've, I don't think we've got, Many dub plays back. Rihanna Policina scored for Arpia on the weekend against MacArthur mm. uh, in their lovely sky blue, maroon, and black hits, which were very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a few few players kind of coming back in the next mm. uh, week, I believe. So yep. um, yeah, yes. interesting times. Sydney Uni are like bottom half of the table at the moment and are now going to have like 15 W League players <laughs> come back. So just another strange old time in uh, in NPL New South Wales. Yeah. yeah, it's similar in Queensland. Like Jamila turned up um, at Lions um, last last round, but there's a few other players. We're still sort of wondering yeah. who's going to show up where. Personally, I'd love just to see a bit of a smattering around to make mm. it a little bit more, you know, competitive mm-hmm. and interesting. So, yeah, let, let's see where all those dub players land. I know they have a, they have a, like, I don't know if they still do. Let me re-speak. I know they used to have a point system in NPL. Mm-hmm. Eric, as the resident points man, um, is that something that would potentially work in New South Wales? Because there's such a concentration of W League oh. players, or it's not really something that could work because they're obviously getting paid differently yeah, well, by each club. Yeah, there's a player point system for the men's, which is complicated and i may have this on my laptop somewhere somewhere mm-hmm. in that in that very large uh, football new south Wales competition regulations i'm not sure if they actually have it for the women's competitions though yeah so yeah i mean and that's then, a, that's more to your point is like a smattering of, i don't know you have a draft at the start of the year but then obviously there's restrictions of mm. the restriction of trade etc etc but yeah, yeah. yeah i would also be in favor of a smattering of mm. uh yeah. w league players yeah i want to say some w league players play for I don't know, Bankstown City. Or they've got a lot. They just then one of these days Bankstown City will use their dub players to um do something other than draw a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh just doing my own takes. Uh good to see the Queen of Blacktown, Ashley Crofts, towering header in that RPA three two win over MacArthur. And because yeah. I may not like um the commentator from that game very much because of my perceptions of MacArthur bias. Good to see Ash shut him up with that goal. Excellent. <laughs> um, Michelle Carney, who, uh, I mean, you could Google her. You could Google her age if you want. She's still, she's showing the kids how it's done. A double in Stingray's 2 0 win over Spans. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Brindley Gentle from Emerging Jets is the golden boot. And all is also so leading good. the Golden Boot race, yes, and is also in the bottom, the team that's 14th out of 14. So she, those two things don't usually coincide. I wrote about her the other week in my rap, and it is fascinating to see. She is she's such a big body, but she's still so quick, and she it's like she's obviously not as like gangly as like a Peter Crouch or or a player of that height, but she's. She's tall, kind of broad shoulders, but she has this such a soft touch. 
she scored some absolute cracking goals this season already. Yeah. And I think she's only 17. Mm-hmm. She hasn't got a dub contract. Yeah. She um, she hasn't made a she hasn't she has never had a dub contract, but I think that they've and she's a she's a Newcastle local as well. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a story that yeah. I noted in that where she used to go to uh, dub games in a cape and dressed up as like dressed up as her favorite player, Kai Simon. I think was the player that she was dressing up as, and yeah, she used to meet the meet the team and things like that. But yeah, they've obviously got a good in there, and it's a shame that she'll probably move on next year. But mm-hmm. she's she's definitely a, a, a WA player for the future, in my, yep. in my humble opinion. Yep. Uh, just reminds me, I'm blessed because uh, the the CHS uh, Girls Championships are at Cromer Park, where I work, and I will and Brindley Gentle and a bunch of emerging Jets players will be rep- in the Hunter team. So I'm going to tie my break so I can watch them play. I think because they've like I've looked at the squads, they've got by far the most NPL first grade experience, and I think they've also got Hunters also got Josie Allen and Chloe Willander who have dub experience and have played youth for australia so yeah just based on that a hunter might be the team to watch in the chs girls comp uh also from that jet spirit games uh spirits third goal set up by an absolutely filthy outside of the football from ella abdul masi to um morgan roberts and yeah and then and if you haven't seen it already sydney uni's equalized against bankstown city an absolute banger from tara baldana that was yeah that's gonna be uh gold probably gold around in my opinion um just to keep Shell happy, let's run through the Victoria results. We don't have um, Boleyn Lions versus Alameen because Boleyn Lions love a Monday night kickoff at the Veneto Club, but mm-hmm. one all draw between uh, FV Emerging and Calder. Heidelberg United defeated Southern United by six goals to one. Bayside United defeated Box Hill United Pythagoras by three goals to one. And, uh, well, this would, be a, this would be a fiery contest, to say the least, in men's football. I'm not sure about the how fiery it is in the women's game, but anyway, South Melbourne three, Preston Lions one. So yeah, that's that's the wrap of um, all the NPL comps we've had time to kind of keep somewhat of an eye on. But now it's time for Queens, Kings, and Emperors of the week. So Madge, uh, you can go first. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kadisha Bunny Shaw picking up the uh, Concacaf player of the season, player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, first, the first player from. Jamaica and I think from anywhere into the Caribbean Mm -hmm. to take the honor I assume all of the other ones have gone probably to US and maybe in a Canadian player Mm -hmm. Christine Sinclair may have Mm -hmm. picked it up previously so and then she's also leading the uh the golden boot in the um in the WSL as well so having a wonderful season and can't wait to see her out here for the world cup with Jamaica playing in Australia I think I'm seeing them a couple of times Mm -hmm. um throughout my travels so really looking forward to seeing a class player uh getting that sort of recognition uh in her home confederation as well as internationally in her club football as well yes and so well wikipedia being what it is oh um i think play of the year they've for some reason, there's a get. There's nothing in 2019 and 2020, but from what I can see, no, no Canadians. It's all Americans from when it started in 2013. So, yeah. Claire, not a one. Ah, yeah, well, that's, that's a, not really. That is a thief of joy. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's uh, that, that ain't it, Concacaf. Uh, Dale, <laughs> Dale, who have you uh, selected? Uh, my king of the week is Eric for that reference. Uh, my queen of the week is Rachel Daly. Uh from Aston Villa. 
as close as you will get to a Lekeep perfect 10 in their game against Reading. Three goals, two assists um, involved in every uh, involved in every goal in that game. And she's now the golden boot uh, leader in that after her after her efforts. She's ma- she made the switch from uh, she was in that? Houston. Yeah, she was in Houston until recently. Um, and yeah, she she seems to have come along in leaps and bounds, which is strange because she feels like she's been playing with the English national team forever. But she's really, I feel like she's really only kind of made a name for herself uh, this season in the WSL. But yeah, she's my queen of the week. I feel um, like she's one of my... those, for England, she gets, she's often playing at fullback and stuff. Yes, yeah, she that plays at well. fullback. So, so yeah, yeah, she's one of those oh. flexible, versatile players. And it's like, I'm going to, Go and score a hat trick, but then for yeah. the national team, I'll do the job as fullback. Uh, yeah, sounds like a certain uh, Brisbane Raw forward. Put it that way. Uh, fun fun fact of the week per uh, Eric's conversation about googling Michelle Carney's age. Um, Michelle Carney actually started playing football in the WNSL before uh, Google existed. Ah, yes, that's oh that that was the other thing I was going to say. She was playing. WNSL before like half of NPL New South Wales was born, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. She started for the Sapphires in 1998, which is wild. Yes. So an actual Sapphire. Well, oh no, Stingrays didn't enter. So we don't have someone who's played for the Sapphires then playing in the Sapphire Cup. Oh, Stingrays, what are you doing? And there's two there's two South Coast teams or like three South Coast teams in the comp. Come on, Illawarra. You're doing me dirty here. <sighs> anyway, well... Uh, on to my one. Uh, I mean, obviously with NPL, we have a first grade emphasis, but yeah, it's important to recognize the whole of the club. So uh, shout out to Hills United from uh, Football New South Wales League One Women's and RPL Leichhardt from NPL New South Wales Women's. They both recorded clean sweeps over their opponents on the weekend. So five wins out of five for Hills, six out of six for RPL. I was actually on commentary for, I think, the first time NPL.TV's ever been to South Narrow Football Complex, but yeah, that was uh, the stream game from the women's second tier, and Hills United defeated the Phoenix by seven goals to one. So yeah, but well done to uh, both of those teams. Special shout out to the Hills United um, under-14 team and their uh, 8.20 a.m. kickoff in South Narrow. So did you did they wake up very early? Did they stay the night? I don't know. Surely but... they had to have a bus or like a, a, a trip down there the night before. Please, I hope so. Also, and... the public transport down there is cooked because you have to get off at Bombardieri and then catch the bus to Niara. Yep. It's, oh, good. Um, and, it's, and, well, if there's uh, people that know about inadequate public transport, it's people that live in the Hillshire. So, yes. I, that's enough tangents. I think this is probably a sign that we should uh, end this one. But, yes, uh, on behalf of... Uh, unless... The two of them are anything to add. It's um yeah, goodbye from us on behalf of Magella Card and Dale Roots. This is Eric Sabihano. Thanks so much for your support of the Beyond 90 podcast and thanks for your patience as you put up with myself and Dale's many, many, many changes. Shout out to you, Madge, because you have to put up with this more than anyone else. But yeah. I don't uh, understand what's there's too way too many New South Wales references for I, me to have any. Yes. We want to talk about public transport. I could chime in with Brisbane public transport, but let's not. Let's let's call it. Yes, a actually, day. Let's, let's leave that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, well said, Madge. Uh, yeah. So, thanks to all your listeners. Wishing you a life full of good vibes, good coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and conversations that maybe you can understand some of the time. See you next week. 